cool. What uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking red wine, Paris. I'm drinking my same old red wine with ice cubes in it. And then I I thought I thought it'd be a good idea to pour the remnants of my berry Lacroix in it. So now it's just like. Watered Why? down. I don't know. I don't. Why do you don't do this know, to yourself? Paris. You I... know you don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it just stretches it. I guess. It well, you said before. I mean, I guess if it's fizzy Lacroix, it's different. But is it is it fizzy Lacroix or is it the um, flat Lacroix? It's a little bit flat. <laughs> I think because I don't want to waste the Lacroix, but I'm sure as hell not going to drink like a flat room temp Lacroix on its own. So I just no. pour it in the wine because the wine was like four dollars for the bottle. So you know what I've been doing? That's really dumb. Huh. I have been <laughs> opening like a Lacroix or a Spindrift, and I'll drink some of it while I'm in the kitchen, like doing something, and I'm like, okay, well this is like. It's cold, but I want it to be really cold. So I'll put it in the freezer and then I'll forget that I put it in the freezer. And then I have all of these just like half open or like open but half full LaCroix like in the freezer. And when they defrost, they're not fucking bubbly anymore. So I just keep doing this horrific thing to myself. I really have to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea of your freezer just overcrowded with all these frosty (laughs) aluminum cans. At least I, like, open them before I put them in there so they're not, like, exploding in the that freezer. That is true. That is true. But, I mean, wow, what a disappointment to defrost them, you know? I know. And, and then it's just, like, flavored <laughs> flat water. Yeah, but, like, carbonated, flat carbonated water, that shit's different. It's, like, it's, like, <laughs> almost well, sulfuric. It has, sulfuric. like, the re- What just happened I to have, you? I have. You know when, like, a, a spit bubble, like, encases your esophagus? Like, it blocks <laughs> the entry. Like, <laughs> it's like when you blow a bubble through, like, the little bubble hole, but instead of a bubble hole, it's your throat. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. The bubble hole? What do you have in your mouth? What's a bubble hole? Are you, you got, like, a blow hole in there? What is you, that? Like, have a little, you have a little um, jug of bubble juice, of soap, and then you have the little um, wand, the bubble wand that you dunk oh, in there. okay. And then you blow you're talking, the bubble out, okay? I see, it, I see you're now, you're talking about like a container of soap. I thought you were talking about your mouth, and I was just so confused. Like, what, what's the bubble okay, hole? I don't have one. Okay, so you have the wand, right? You dip it in, right? You dip it in, you slip no, yes, it around. I pull understand. It out, and then, then the, there's a circular, there's a hole, there's a ring. And the ring yes. needs to be coated with a thin film of soap, which you blow through. Now, imagine instead of the ring, it is my trachea, okay? <laughs> it's like covered in a thin film of spit. And so when I try and speak, the back of my throat, is ac- it's, it actually has a, a film, a barrier of spit. And so it garbles the way that my, <laughs> my mouth wow. sounds, my voice sounds. And the only way to um, remedy that is to cough. Uh, disgustingly into my microphone. <clears throat> Felon, you sound like Hannibal Lecter's dream bubble wand. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like a human bubble wand. You know, Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal the Cannibal. He like does crazy weird shit. 
with human, human bodies. bodies. And uh, he would probably love to use you as a bubble wand. <laughs> I am prone, you know. I'm prone to it. So I think you're right. Does he, have, <laughs> does he wear a cape? <laughs> That's the question. Uh, I don't think you want to be sexually attracted to Hannibal Lecter. It probably wouldn't end up working well for you. Does, that doesn't make sense. End up working well for you? It, that's it not, wouldn't end up. That's not right. Working well for you. I. I. No, you'd you'd be dead. That's <laughs> what I meant to say. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, not a good dude. Okay. Well, not real though. So it's you're you're okay. We don't say that on this podcast we don't say those two words very oh i'm so sorry for my blasphemous words i I take it back i'm just kidding no it's not real that's why we talk about it i'm drinking i'm so sorry i didn't ask i'm sorry i got sidetracked (laughs) what are you drinking what are you drinking (laughs) i'm drinking a pumpkin beer i uh well okay so i bought it because it's like the brand i don't know if i can say this Lean in, lean in, Lugles. Lean, that's probably not how you say it. But it's the it's the brand that they do like shandies, like uh, they do like the lemonade and beer shandies, and they're really delicious in the summer. And then this one is like Harvest Patch Shandy, and I thought it was gonna be really good. What it tastes like is like flat frat beer. That someone like sneezed a little pumpkin butter into. <laughs> it's not great. Man, I'm sorry. That sounds pretty disappointing yeah. from your description. I was overwhelmed at TJ's by their pumpkin and autumn selection of items. I stood in oh. front of just like <laughs> racks and racks of pumpkin butter and I I felt overwhelmed. I didn't know if I needed yeah. to purchase the pumpkin butter. Um I didn't. Did you return home weary? <laughs> Were you truly weary? I was truly weary. Although <laughs> I'm grateful that Trader Joe's is now once again accepting um, reusable bags. Before yeah. they were rejecting them. They wouldn't let you yeah. use them. And now they do. So I was. I'm, oh. I feel excited again. Speaking of reusable things, um, <laughs> today I had a customer come into Starbucks he like walked up to the counter and we had we had some trouble getting his order cuz his wife wanted things that he she didn't know the name of what she wanted she also didn't want to wear a mask we had we we're getting off to a rocky start and then he says to me i want a piece of coffee cake warmed and i want it on a plate not in a bag and i said oh sir i'm so sorry <laughs> but i don't actually have any plates to put it on because we've taken back all of our silverware and all of our plates and cups that are reusable for in-store um, due to the coronavirus. So everything that we're doing right now is just like one-time use cups and we put all of our pastries in paper bags. And he goes, what? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he was like, why? And I said, well, you know, because of this little thing called the coronavirus? Ever heard of it, sir? Like, he was just so overwhelmed and, like, shocked that we didn't have, like, plates to serve off of anymore in the Starbucks. I'm like, dude, we don't even have them. Like, the company made us pack them up 
and ship them back. Like, we don't have them in the store. I couldn't give you one if I wanted to. He was just so put off. And I was just, I'm amazed at, like, it, it blows my mind. I'm never, I never cease to be amazed by people and the lengths they go to to, like, pretend like the coronavirus isn't real. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you just ignore, like, how do you ignore that stuff? I'm do you know still, what I mean? I'm still <laughs> laughing at your um, reenactment of it. I'm still laughing at it. <laughs> I want it on a plate, not in a bag. It was very specific, and I just, you know, couldn't meet those needs. It was, it was awful. Man, There's oh, so man. There's so many people, though. What's they that? just don't want to. I was just saying, we have so many people though. They just don't want to wear their masks, and they get so put off. What is it about say, Starbucks? Starbucks attracts dude, those types of people. I know. I don't I know. understand. Like I, with what's going on, I don't just like the level of entitlement. Um, I just cannot. Even. I cannot <laughs> we had, even. Wait, you'll love this. Okay. You'll love this. We had this lady come in to the Starbucks and she was not wearing a mask. And she came up to the counter. And my coworker, Dijon, said to her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Dijon is a really cool person. I really, I really like But her. it's like, it's um, like Dijon. Well, I don't think that that is, um, I think their pronouns are he, him. I'm pretty sure I've heard people refer to Dijon with he, him pronouns. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that Dijon, Dijon's real name is Dijon. I think that's what he goes by at oh, work. I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Yes, yes. Maybe so, he really, huh? maybe fucks with mustard. Maybe he's just like, <laughs> he's just I, I really went, likes mustard. Yeah, he feels seen, he feels heard, he feels tasted. Dijon <laughs> is the name. Dude, I love Dijon mustard, so big support I on my end. I stand. I just, it just was like a level of, of spice added to the story. Yes, my coworker Dijon um, said to this person, mm-hmm. "Excuse me, ma'am, I'm sorry, but you have to wear a mask in the store unless you are sitting at a table drinking a coffee." And so she proceeded to lift up her hand and make like the like the loser L kind of, and then put that. Over like her her thumb over her nose and her pointer finger over her mouth, and she was like, "Is this okay?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> like, what do you mean? No. Like, of course that's not okay. Are you? Is this a joke? Oh yeah, that's she great. Was... Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> making that change. I really appreciate. I really appreciate you um, cooperating. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, that's fine. Yes. <laughs> Yes, with a finger and a thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. And the years start coming, and they don't stop coming, you know? Head to the roof, and I hit the ground running. I was just going to see how long you were going to go. I, I was going to go the whole time, the whole but then I stopped myself. I caught myself in the reflection of my desktop, and I, I said no. <laughs> stop. Yeah. Wow, so... what a stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> Not Dude, Dijon. I just, Dijon's a no, noble hero in this story. Dijon's a G. He's great. But I I just, I am, you know, like I said, I never ceased, they never cease to amaze me. Yeah. 
Can we get an update <laughs> on the Pete Chronicles? Uh, yeah, it's actually been a lot better. He's he's pretty much left me alone because I just ignore the fuck out of him. Um, he, like, will try to engage in conversation with me, and I just kind of shut it down. Um, so I think maybe he's picked up on the hints, or he has noticed that people kind of, like, gather around me when um, he comes into the store. Mm. Like, my manager's been a real one and, like, has just been, like, coming over and, like randomly like cleaning the bar you know like while he's there so it's not just like a me and and pete uh like moment like there's always someone else involved or i just shut it down and turn around so it's actually been a lot better and i'm so like grateful that it turned out this way and i didn't actually have to like say to pete like knock it off get out of here get out of here you animal yeah yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm really glad that I just get to ignore the situation and and have it go away. Oh, we love to compartmentalize. <laughs> <Sounds like, laughs> yeah, it's it sounds a little cowardly, but I no. I am I'm glad that it turned out this way. Seriously, me too. Me too. I am quite happy and relieved to hear that. So, I'm yeah. I'm great. That's wonderful. <laughs> so Fallon, Paris. Should we start fantasy time? I Is it fantasy time? I think it's a fantasy time. Do you like boys with wings or maybe horns or tails? Maybe you're into scales. Perhaps you want to be the lizard queen. Do you find yourself attracted to fictional characters like maybe vampires? Do werewolves make you cream? Then welcome to our podcast. This is the place for you. Freaks and geeks are welcome and weebs will take you to fantasy time starts now. Set sail to a land of books and joy and big dicks. Cue the thing. Uh, so Paris, we yes. started reading this book called uh, A Discovery of Witches, which you've heard yes. great things about. Yes. And uh, like always in 2020, in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, life gets in the way uh, for you. You've been working. You've been getting that paper. You've been making that money and then subsequently having it removed from your paycheck, uh, <laughs> courtesy of the flawed American courtesy tax of- system and <laughs> even w- more incredibly flawed healthcare system. Oh, God. You know what's more fun than making money? <laughs> <laughs> Not receiving it? Not receiving it. <laughs> what You know what's was so fun about working like like almost a 40 hour work week which I'm very grateful that I have been receiving these hours just bitching because I want to work a lot um but it's so great to know that my hard work and my sore feet result in next to no cash (laughs) I love it (laughs) It's Man. awesome. So you're being taxed in two states and one yeah. city. I don't know why I'm still getting taxed for income tax in Oregon. That seems like that has to be an error. But 
I got my first paycheck and I was like, what's this? This is not enough. And it, truly, it's because I am just being taxed up my asshole. <laughs> I'm so it's sorry, so my friend. I feel really bad for complaining about the amount of money that I was getting paid by Jeff. I was like, $13 an hour is not enough. And Paris is like, I'll just collect my, what is it, $8.75? It's around that, yeah. <laughs> well, so and sorry. that's not even the minimum wage in Pittsburgh. I'm being paid more than the minimum wage. Which is just atrocious. I see yeah. these memes that are like... It's like a response to those articles that are like, millennials are not having kids, uh, and so like we're not going to be able to replace the American population at where it's at. And then someone's like, yeah, because uh, rent's $1,500 and people are paying like $12 an hour. And um, it's just absurd. Like, you live in a city. You live in like, yeah. a, like a metropolitan city. Yeah. What, what are the average rent prices, would you say? Like for um, a one bedroom, we we got off really well. I mean, our our apartment is not new, <laughs> as previously and not discussed. Straight, and yeah, and not level. Uh, by no means is it level <laughs> at all. Um, the carpet is old, and <laughs> and there are stains that scare me, but. It is a decent size apartment and we got really lucky because we got a one bedroom. So we have a living room and a bedroom. Um, and our kitchen is like sandwiched in between the living room and the bedroom. So it's, oh, we have a bathroom too, just in case you were wondering. Uh, but we're really lucky to not have a studio and pay the price we do. So we pay um, just a little over $800 a month, which oh, is like yeah. incredibly affordable yeah. for the like size space um like if this apartment that we're living in right now were in portland oregon the rent would be much higher yeah so i was like really surprised that we were able to get the apartment we did for the price that we did in pittsburgh but i guess the property like like renting here is cheaper than it is in other places that i have lived before yeah um that being said the minimum wage is like seven fifty an hour. <laughs> yeah, so you're working a hundred hours to make your rent each month. Okay. Yeah. Putting that into perspective, and that's just the rent. And I mean, obviously, like you're with Brady, so you guys can split and like you know make yeah. compensations in that way. Um, mm -hmm. But it's still like fucking nuts. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I can't imagine living in like a new apartment in a city. I don't know how people afford it. I just, I don't know how. Because it's, yeah, it's like in a big city, it's so expensive. The system is flawed. <laughs> <laughs> Do, it's flawed? It's flawed. Do, are you sure? I'm quite positive it's flawed. Yeah. This is news to me. <laughs> Bottom line, I've been busy. Yeah. Um, you've been also busy. Yeah. Right? I've been having, um, a really fun existential crisis. Um, <laughs> it comes in waves. Like it's just been sustained for the past three years, but, um, it comes to a head every now and then it has peaks. 
And um, I hit a peak this week, and she's been super fun to deal with. Um, also, I, I hated the book. So... Yeah, that, you know, you know. <laughs> sometimes you sometimes you're not able to read because you don't have time. Sometimes you're not able to read because you can't fucking stand it. And uh, every <laughs> cell in your body rejects the idea of picking that book up again. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> whoa, I didn't know you hated it that much. I mean, I knew you weren't in, like in love with it and it was kind of annoying, but I didn't know that you felt physically repulsed by picking up the book. <laughs> Time time slowed when I read that book. Normally time speeds up. Like normally it's like, oh, there aren't enough hours in the day for me to be able to get through this book. I'm, I love it so much. Wow. But this one was like, I was like, what do you mean? It's only been an hour and a half. What do you mean? I put in at least three hours and it's like, uh, uh, uh. So yeah, oh I'm like a third well, way through and I found out that there is no graphic uh, sex scene in this book. <laughs> and so really my will to continue on, <laughs> it snapped. That last string was cut by the face. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have really been enjoying it. <laughs> yes. um, and I think that we should still do like... A full episode yes, on it. I agree. I would like to talk about it. I would like to know in depth why you haven't, you know, been the biggest <clears throat> fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not finished with it. I'm around halfway through. I want to keep reading, but I haven't been able to because I've been working so much. Um, so when I finish it, I'm excited to talk about it. I do agree that it has flaws. There are some very specific things that I would change um, and I have notes about those things. Yes. So I am, I'm looking forward to talking about the book, A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Yes. Yeah. So I, uh, I agree. I definitely want to do an episode on it. And that was what this episode was going to be about. But instead, since you and I both, um, were like on the phone crying about our lives, <laughs> um, uh, I, I suggested that we instead have a palate cleanser and we watch the 2005 um, movie Pride and Prejudice featuring Kira Knightley since it is available on Netflix right now, which is a rarity. Mm-hmm. It has not always been like that. Um, and so that is what this episode is about Pride and Prejudice, the movie, the 2005 movie. It's not the BBC series. I love that series. I have read the book. I've watched the series several times. I've watched this movie several times. I love them all for their own reasons, but uh, I think by far the 2005 is the most romantic and has the most gorgeous score to it. And um, we love, I love a good Keira Knightley. Uh, jawline. You love <clears throat> you love Kira Knightley. Is that, Jack. Is that you love you love Kira Knightley? Everything she says is very important. I really like <laughs> Kira Knightley too. <laughs> yes. Not to shit on Kira Knightley. I I really like her too. She is a caricature for sure. She mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. So um, <clears throat> shall we begin? We shall. Here comes a spoiler, so don't be mad, we've warned ya. You've only got yourself to blame if you keep on listening and learn some things that you really don't want to know. If so, then go. Fallon, I have a question for you. First, I want to know, what's your introduction to Pride and Prejudice 
the movie, the book? When did you first um, pick it up and read it? Because I know you've read it. And when was your first time watching the film? So when I was a kid, um, my grandma loved that movie. She still loves that movie. But I watched the 2005 movie first. And then when I was in college, um, my first English class that I took we read Pride and Prejudice, and that was when I really got to appreciate it because I read the book, and in a classroom environment, I was able to like analyze it and really understand it. And then in addition to reading the book, my next term, I took costume construction, and um, my instructor was a big fan of like the Regency era. And so we watched like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies too. And so it was like this whole Pride and Prejudice awakening. And I was like, wow, I really fuck with this. And um, my uh, instructor, I think the English teacher showed, we watched the BBC version in class. And so like after reading the book and then watching the BBC version alongside with it, like I just, I understood the story more and like the complexity of it and I just ever since have like had such a hard on also the fandom is solid there is a solid like modern pride and prejudice meme sphere that can be Mm -hmm. found uh, on (laughs) Pinterest and Tumblr and Instagram and Reddit and it just is like such a rewarding um, niche to be a part of the memes are so (laughs) fucking good dude they're so good so, oh my god. Yeah, that's that is where that's where it comes from. Nice. Yeah. I my introduction to this uh, was from you like telling me that I should read the book. Um, I've been looking for the book at used bookstores and I cannot find it. Um, so I'm still in search of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew that it existed, but I never like felt a desire to read it before you were like Paris read this book so when I find it I will I intend on reading it uh and then I first watched the movie today um and yeah I I have I have things to say about it but did you know that the book that's written by Jane Austen was originally published in 1813 she's an which old means bitch. that this story is over 200 years old that's kind of insane isn't that crazy yeah yeah, different time then. Yeah, real, real different time. Real different, yeah. Yet still some of the same fundamentals in, like, class divide. Yeah. Yes. Do you expect to me that, to rejoice in the inferiority <laughs> of your birth? I to say that, that to myself in the mirror every day. <laughs> and a big old swig of my beer for that one. Yep, yep, we drink to that. Woohoo! delicious man so should we summarize the story yeah i think you should you know it better than i do okay so pride and prejudice uh it takes place in regency i believe era england editing fallon here quick clarification for all my nerds that are going to come at me jane austen was born in the georgian era which was named after king george iii and then later after 1811 it became the Regency era during which the Prince of Wales was ruling as regent. So yes, Jane Austen was born in the Georgian era, but the movies and series and spin-off books and all that jazz is often depicted in Regency era clothing. 
That's all. Britain. Think England. England is in Britain. So, right? (laughs) Is that right? Sounds about right. Okay. (laughs) And um, our main character is Miss Elizabeth Bennet, the second eldest of five sisters of all the Bennet sisters. There's Mr. Bennet and Mrs. Bennet, their parents. And um, they have a little chunk of land. Uh, they have enough money to um, have servants and stuff, but they are, no, they are by no means living uh, like lavishly, but they are uh, set up, uh, you could say. Yeah, these <clears throat> motherfuckers are not poor. No, they're, they're not. <laughs> their house, their house, that they are like, oh, we're so poor in our big house. I'm like, do you want to come live in my apartment? I'll trade. I'll take your estate. <laughs> they have a nice house. I mean, I, 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 I get that they're supposed to be poor for their, like, social group. But it pisses me off. I think the population because... was smaller back then. So if, you're comp- if we compare it to the suburbs, instead of, like, 100 houses in a cul-de-sac, it would be, like, um, six and each house is an estate, and each house has like anywhere between like seven to twenty service folks living on the property and serving the family and taking care of the land. Yes. And- However, the like truly poor <laughs> of the time were just like living in the streets, yeah. slopping shit around. Like they're literally. They're just playing in feces literally yeah so this is like a middle class family um the the, i feel like the classes were incredibly divided uh at this time where yeah poverty was like no fucking joke just like you are a pig like you are not a human anymore so like 2020 The year of our Lord, 2020, where people slop around in the streets in shit. (laughs) Not much has changed, Fallon. Not much has changed. Um, No, ma'am. No, ma'am. So the the Bennett sisters have a bit of a predicament because they are all women. (laughs) They don't have any (laughs) brothers uh, at all. And so their father, when they when he passes away, his their estate essentially all of the things that they own uh will no longer belong to them or their father but it will belong to their uh nearest male family member which happens to be their cousin a distant cousin mr collins and mr collins is what's he like he's like a priest he's a minister he's a minister and he's this fucking awkward dude that we uh we meet later so it's of the utmost importance that the sisters marry and that they marry well and into fortune so that their mother and their other sisters can be taken care of when their father, who is aging, dies. So that is like the drama of the situation. Now, uh, Mrs. Bennett has been alerted that the estate Netherfield Park, which is a higher upper class park, Uh, has been purchased, has been let at last. So it's been bought up by some young hottie, Mr. Bingley. And Mr. Bingley is in town, and he is going to attend the local dance, the local party that's going to happen. 
And so the girls get all dressed up because they're like, well, one of us is going to have to marry that fucking dude. And Jane, (laughs) the eldest and the most fair of the sisters, catches his eye. And uh, Mr. Mingley comes with his sister, Caroline, who's a fucking bitch, and his bestie, (laughs) Mr. Darcy, who's also a bitch. Uh, and, and so moody. He's so moody. He is so dark and broody. And really, he's just incredibly socially awkward and does not even know what to do with himself. He hates dancing. He, like, is uncomfortable with, like, peasants. We're really confused as to, like, what is up Darcy's ass because Mr. Bingley is so sweet and kind and adorable. Uh, Jane catches his eye and they cannot part for the rest of the evening. They are just having the grandest of time. Elizabeth is like, hey, Darcy, what's up? How's it going? And he's like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. And she's like, okay, sounds good. She overhears him (laughs) and Bingley speaking. Bingley's like, wow, Jane is the most beautiful. And Darcy's like, yeah, she's the only pretty girl here. And he's like, well, her sister Elizabeth is cool. And he's like, She's barely tolerable, not handsome enough to tempt me. And so she's like, man, that's a bummer. Her and her best friend Charlotte are like eavesdropping. And they're like, wow. Mm." Because what an asshole thing to say. I mean. A true coont. (laughs) A true coont. I mean, I've said terrible things about people when I didn't think they were listening. Um, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But yeah, uh, it's a dick move, for sure. Darcy is just like, he's on edge. His his asshole is inverted. We don't know. Someone needs to come fix his <laughs> anal prolapse because he's really not having a good time. But, uh, well, you probably wouldn't be having a good time if you were rosebudding. <laughs> Why is that so vivid in my mind? <laughs> That's what they call it, I know. which is so I, terrifying. I know. It's really sketchy. It is so scary. Imagine your asshole. Imagine your asshole inverting. Out. Imagine your asshole inverting in the 1800s. There's nothing. Imagine. <laughs> imagine being able to see the inside of your asshole from the That's outside. That's the most terrifying thing I can imagine. You know, I also really hate the term pink sock. Brady loves Excuse. that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I beg you your pardon, so, miss. I've prolapse never heard anus that term. It's a pink sock. <laughs> That's disgusting. Right? You know, I bet I bet Darcy just has hemorrhoids and he's just like really upset <laughs> and he's just like uncomfortable. And he's like, I don't want to fucking dance, dude. My ass it hurts. like itches it and hurts burns to dance. all at the same time. <laughs> I get chafing, and then, you know, it's just yeah. so good. Maybe he's got pinworms. <laughs> Darcy has pinworms. He ah. can't be that Could perfect. Be. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So, uh, Jane has caught the eye of um, uh, Mr. Bingley, and so they're sure that, that he's going to get engaged, and they're so sure that the mom is fucking wild and out. Mrs. Bennett is off 
her rocker. She's like, can't wait for my eldest to get married. She's going to marry so well. She's telling everyone in town. She's like, God, it's going to suck for y'all when we're rich because she married Bingley. <laughs> Fuck. I'll try to remember you guys, but I'll be super busy with all my daughter's money. Oh, my God. So she's um, she's a little, um, she's can't keep her mouth shut. Stupid bitch. Um, and then we find that Mr. Bingley is leaving Netherfield Park. He's going away. And uh, he has not invited Jane with him. He has not, like, contacted her directly about this. He's just left. And so Jane is, like, fucking bummed. She's like, man, maybe he never thought I was beautiful. And Elizabeth is like, absolutely not, Jane. You are the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. Yes, he loves you. It's like Don't everybody at the party, including Mr. Darcy, mm-hmm. thought you were hot. Mm-hmm. So She is. She is hot. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Um, and Mr. Collins arrives. Mr. Collins arrives to discuss <laughs> matters. More specifically, to select one of the daughters to marry so as to benefit their family. If he marries one of the daughters, then everything is fine and they get to keep the estate yes. and it's, it's not an issue. Yeah, um, and this book, yeah. the book originally came out, did I say it was 1813? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So apparently in 1813, it was still chill to like, fuck your cousin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I, I thought, you know, maybe it was like further back than that in history, but I guess not. Like... 200 years ago, people were, like, marrying their... I mean, I guess people still marry their cousins. They do still marry their cousins, yeah. (laughs) It's just not as widely accepted anymore. No, we've learned that inbreeding is um, not nearly as beneficial to the human race as we assumed it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, And the actor, by the way, who Mm -hmm. plays... Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins. His name's Tom Hollander. And he looks like a normal dude in real life. He's like just a normal guy. But they make him look (laughs) so impish in this movie. He looks so gross and weird and like not someone that you want to fuck. Yeah. He is the antithesis of fuckable. (laughs) The antithesis. And he's got all sorts of cool lines, and uh, he's, he's just a weird cool quirks. guy. He is the quirkiest motherfucker, unironically quirky. Um, he's like, did you know that I practice and rehearse my pickup lines? <laughs> he's just like a fucking weirdo. Uh, he is. He's a fucking G. And, um, but he's no idiot. Uh, he knows that Jane is the most agreeable of all of the sisters. And so he's like, hey, Mrs. Bennett, I really want to fuck Jane. And she's like, oh, awkward. Um, Unfortunately, she's um, probably going to be engaged soon. And he's like, wow, that's disappointing. She's like, Elizabeth, however, uh, is uh, perfect um, as well. And he's like, wow, what an excellent second choice. <laughs> He literally says that, he does, too. He does say that. He's not even trying to be, like, shy about it. He's just like, ah, yes, option number two. Now pick number two, my lord. Number two. Number two, my lord. Uh, and so he um, proposes to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is like, 
absolutely not. And he's like, cousin, you must be saying that to increase, <laughs> to encourage my affection, as all elegant ladies do. You are uh, negging me, so I feel more for you. And she's like, no, sir, I would never do that to a respectable man. You need to take me at face value when I tell you, fuck off. <laughs> and um, so Mr. Collins is... Uh, He's his dick's hurt. His dick's hurt, and her he mom bounces is like back real quick though. He doesn't take too long. Oh no no no! He bounces. Yeah, he rebounds quick. He, it's hurt, but it's not hurt that bad. You know, it's a bruise, a flesh wound. <laughs> uh, and her mom's like, "Listen, bro, you need to fucking marry this guy." And she's like, "Absolutely not." And she's like, she goes to her husband. She's like, "Hey, tell your daughter that she needs to marry Mr. Collins," and he's like, "No, she doesn't have to do that. That's that's gross because." While uh, one of the younger sisters is their mother's favorite, Elizabeth is their father's favorite. So she has Dada on her side. And so she does not have to marry Mr. Collins. But she finds out shortly that Mr. Collins has proposed to her best friend, Charlotte Lucas. And Charlotte Lucas has accepted. Because Charlotte Lucas is not as attractive uh, conventionally attractive as uh, the other sisters and Charlotte Lucas is 27 years old which is in Regency era times like 38 when it comes to <laughs> marriage um, I would say my guesstimate um, so Charlotte's prospects are not looking good especially since she's a single child and she well, needs she's... to be able to take care of her family she also like still lives at home yeah. with her parents. And I was thinking about that. Because she's not married. Watching this. Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, that'd be crazy to like still live at home and be 27. And then I realized, I was like, oh my fuck, you didn't like leave home unless you were married. Yes. Like it just, you didn't go live on your own. I can't, like, what? Like it's just, it's, it's so strange to think that that's like what life used to be like. Like you never got to have your first apartment by yourself or like with roommates. No, you just were like, you know, married off and then shipped off to someone else's house to go live and, and run it. Like, yeah. it's so weird to me. She's like 27 and still living at home. But I mean, it, that was the time. Yeah, so no prospects. Strange. She's like, yeah, if you want to live alone, it's because you are, or if you do live alone, you're not really living alone. You are going to work on someone else's estate. Like, if yeah. you are getting employed, you are going to be a seamstress, or your family owns a business and you are working in it, or you are a servant um, in someone else's household and you are taking care of someone else's estate. Um, and then hopefully of being taken care of by that, um, estate owner. Yeah. So yeah. So Charlotte Lucas accepts, um, Mr. Collins proposal. And so in order to win back, um, Mr. Bingley's affection, Jane has gone to London, uh, to be near in the same town in the same area as uh, Mr. Bingley and, and hopefully get him to come visit her. This is relational politics here. And Charlotte Lucas is now going to live with uh, her betrothed, Mr. Collins. So Elizabeth is kind of alone with her mom and dad and her three younger sisters, Kitty, Lydia, and Mary. Mary is the goth one. Kitty is like the bubbly <laughs> so one. So true. And Kitty, or Lydia is like 
the lead mama's girl troublemaker. Um, she's like the lead flirt, and then Kitty just like kind of follows her around. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, while the girls are go, they've gone to town to go um, snoop out the new regiment, the soldiers that have come into town. They meet Sir Wickham, Mister Wickham. Mr. Wickham is a strapping young soldier man, and um, he's charming and handsome. And uh, And he's got a big old ponytail. He's got a big old ponytail. We love a ponytail. In this movie, he does. I don't remember if he has one in the in the series or not but um yeah so (laughs) all of the girls are smitten by mr wickham including miss elizabeth who has a a grand old time with mr wickham and while they're walking with mr wickham they run into uh mr darcy and mr darcy is not a fan of mr wickham we find out from wickham that he grew up with darcy and his father ran darcy's estate and on his father's deathbed, he was given uh, a living. So he said he claims that Darcy denied him his living when his father passed away, and um, so that's why Wickham and Darcy are not bros because Darcy was jealous of him because uh, Darcy's father loved him more. So Elizabeth is like, "Wow, Darcy's a fucking dick. I hate him. Poor Mister Wickham." And uh, so Mr. Wickham goes off to do soldier things. And um, Elizabeth goes to visit Charlotte Lucas. She's bored. She doesn't want to hang out with her crazy sisters. She goes to hang out with Charlotte. And and the little imp man. In the little imp man, poor Mr. Collins. Now, Mr. Collins likes to tout that he is in the patronage of Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Is it de Bourgh or Dubrow? I don't I, uh, remember. It's spelled with a G. Dubourg. <laughs> but Catherine you know Duberg. my pronunciation of words with G's in them. I'm like <laughs> Branagh. Branagh. So I would probably Dag. say Berg. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Catherine de Berg is a wealthy. <laughs> hard, hard G. De Berg. <laughs> I'm just going to call her Lady Catherine. Lady Catherine is uh, the wealthy, wealthy mistress of um, an estate across the way from uh, Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins. And she's also Judy Dench. She is also Judy Dench in this movie, which is (laughs) wonderful. Yes. What a treat. So uh, Mr. Collins is is halfway up um, Lady Catherine's asshole. He (laughs) bows to her every whim. So when Lizzie visits Charlotte... They are uh, invited to dine with Lady Catherine. And who the fuck do you think is at Lady Catherine's house? Mr. Darcy. Because Mr. Darcy is her nephew. Which is convenient. And Mr. Darcy's got a friend there. They're all hanging out. Elizabeth is like... There's also Lady Catherine's weird... A sick daughter. Yes, yes. She is a weird sick daughter where she's like, wow, isn't my daughter gorgeous? But she's also ill as fuck. The daughter doesn't speak. Um, she's <laughs> quite an unfortunate creature with an unfortunate mother, really. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, her daughter's ill. Her daughter's not very active. So I think Lady Catherine needs other people to boss around because her daughter is weak. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. So um, 
Mr. Darcy, Mr. Darcy, Mr. Darcy, um, <laughs> Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth are chatting. She's playing piano poorly at the behest of Lady Catherine. Um, and she's like poking fun at Mr. Darcy, but she's like, I really uh, don't vibe with Mr. Darcy. She finds out through Mr. Darcy's friend, Colonel Fitzwilliam, that Mr. Darcy has disrupted the uh, impending engagement between his best friend and a lady. And Elizabeth is like, pray tell, why? And uh, she finds out that Mr. Darcy felt that the lady did not uh, love Mr. Bingley as much as he loved her, and that her family was unsuitable for the union. It was an unsuitable union um, between Mr. Bingley, who has so much money, and the family who does not have nearly as much money. Sorry. Rude. Rude. So rude. So she finds out that Darcy is the reason why Mr. Bingley has not uh, proposed to her sister Jane. And Darcy is the reason why Jane got fucking dropped and her heart broken. He seems like a royal coont. Yes, a royal coont. And so, uh, Mr. Dar, she, she goes back home and she, or not goes back home. She goes back to Charlotte's house and she's like, just hanging out. Darcy shows up in the middle of nowhere. And he's just like, Hey, and she's like, hi, can I help you? And he's like, nope, bye. And then he leaves (laughs) and she's like, what the fuck was that? And, uh, She's, like, running around in the woods or, I don't know, whatever. She finds out the shitty news and um, about her sister. And Darcy, like, finds her. He follows her. And he's like, hey, listen, will you marry me? <laughs> I love you. And she's like, what the fuck? Dude, I, you are the last person on this planet that I would ever want to fuck. And he's like, pray tell why? Can I ask you why you would... think that and she's like well in your proposal you just uh told me how lowly my family is and also you ruined the happiness of a most beloved sister and he's like oh uh she's like do you deny it and he's like no i don't uh your mom he says it really quickly too he's like no i do not deny it he's like i do not (laughs) deny it uh he's like yeah your mom was fucking wild and out i thought that your sister uh didn't love bingley as much as she he does and she's like my sister doesn't even fucking tell me how she feels dude like what the what the fuck you meddling bitch and he's like all right well i'm sorry to fucking take up so much of your time she's so confused and she's furious and he's insulted her in every way and uh he he brings her a letter and he's like listen I'm not going to fucking propose to you again. I'm not going to tell you my feelings anymore, but I am going to like just explain to you what's going on. He's like, I thought I I heard your mom say some shit and I'm sorry. I guess I was wrong. Also, Mr. Wickham, bad, bad boy. um, He lied to you. What actually happened was my father gave him a living and he wanted that in cash. And so I gave him that in cash and then he gambled it away. He wanted more money. I said, no. Then he schmoozed my 15-year-old sister and was trying to, like, get her dowry. She was to inherit something like fucking 15,000 pounds or some shit like that. And uh, when I told him that he wasn't going to get any of that money, then he left and broke my sister's heart. So he just straight up dips. He just He's dips. out. He scoops, skips away. 
Uh, and <laughs> yeets out, of, out there. of there. And he breaks poor Georgiana Darcy's heart. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. So Elizabeth is like, oh, I was wrong as well. Darcy was wrong, but I was wrong. Um, he's not as bad as I thought. Interesting. So she returns home, confused, kerfuffled. Jane also returns home. Jane's like, what's going on? Any news? And she's like, no. She declines to fill Jane in. Her uncle shows up with his wife. They're cool. They're a cool bunch. They're like, hey, Lydia, do you want to come with us to where the soldiers are? We know that you like soldiers. We're going to go dine with them. Lydia's (laughs) like, absolutely. Elizabeth's like, dude. Do not fucking let her go. Dad, don't let her go. And dad's like, uh, if we don't let her go, she's going to be a fucking pain in my ass. So we're going to send her and she's going to have a great time. He literally is like, I will get no peace if Lydia is here. <laughs> like, she must go so that I can have peace. And he's like, let her embarrass herself. Let her embarrass herself so she'll shut the fuck up and find out how unimportant she is. Is what her dad says. In this movie. And that is the general sentiment, although it's not a Yeah, he's like, quote. like, Elizabeth is like, Father, like, it could be so dangerous. Aren't you worried about her well-being? And he's like, no, the soldiers won't touch her. She's not worth anything. She's not wealthy. So she, has no, like, she has no prospects, <laughs> and she's annoying as what fuck. What the fuck? He just rags on his daughter. <laughs> Mr. Bennett, keeping it real. Keeping it real. I stand. I stand for Papa. Um, And so they go off. They come back. And they're like, hey, Elizabeth, do you want to come hang out with us? We're going to go off on a... We're going to go stay in in this town somewhere over here. And she's like, yeah, sure. So they go out. They're traveling. They're enjoying the nature. They're reading. It's beautiful. The, The swelling orchestral music. Wow, stunning. And they're like, hey... We're really close to Pemberley, which is Mr. Darcy's estate. Do you want to go check it out? And she's like, um, no, I fucking do not. And they're like, well, he's not even going to be there, dude. So, like, what's your beef? And she's like, oh, okay, well, we'll just, like, I, we can just see it. We can just see what it looks like. But she's like, also, is this just, like, a thing from that time? Like, if someone has a really nice house and you want to just go look at it, you can just go tour it? For the day i just i don't understand they like basically <laughs> like perform a break and entry into his house and look at all of his art and like they admire his things they roll up through this long <laughs> gorgeous walkway of trees and it's just this massive sprawling museum of a castle. It's a castle. It's a giant rectangular castle with manicured lawns as far as the eye can see. And they're there like, swans. it's open for visitors. <laughs> and so the, house, yeah. <laughs> the housekeeper is just like, hey guys, you want to check out his sculptures? Like, I mean, what are they going to do? They're fine. They're fine, white, middle-class, civilized people. So they're, <laughs> they're of no threat, you know? I just, it was this common. Did people just, like, leave, like, hey, come look at my cool shit. Like, I'm rich. Would you not, I'm Paris? Rich. Would you not? <laughs> 
Would I not go? I would totally go. I Are mean, you kidding? If you had all that cool shit, I mean the 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 luxury, the artistry, the architecture. I mean, what's it for if not to be seen? What's it cleaned for if not to be presented to those <laughs> visiting? I would I I get it. I yeah. get it. No, if okay, I had I get it. if I had Darcy's house, I'd be like, yeah, as long as you guys make sure no one steals shit, like yeah, fucking let them check it out. You know? Because it's not like... It wasn't like, oh, they're going to steal my iPhone. It's like, oh, they're going to steal... What, are they going to haul out this giant marble statue of me? <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> well, when are celebrities going to start doing that? Because I'm down to go tour celebrity houses. I know. Like, I'm so in for a tour of homes of, like, the Kardashians' estates. Like, Beyonce's estate. Yeah. I'm... I'm. I want to go to those we things. Want so, it. but I guess also like people were just like, oh yeah, that rich motherfucker over there. That's who lives there. It's not like fucking Fitzwilliam Darcy lives <laughs> down the street from me. Like they weren't fangirling. Like the year, the age of celebrity was not. I feel like present because they weren't like royalty. Yeah. It wasn't like. The king or the queen, you know, which the, like, I don't think the king or the queen, like, allows um, visitors to just, like, waltz through, like, a palace in that sense. But, like, just, like, wealthy nobility. There wasn't the the celebrity obsession that I think people Mm -hmm. have today. So it wasn't as awkward. People had more chill as as portrayed in this movie, (laughs) I would say, and in this book. Like... It's portrayed that I don't think they were like, oh my fucking God, Darcy, I'm a huge fan. You're just so rich. And then they, they want to like rub their genitals all over your stuff. Also, you're well, accompanied Elizabeth, by a housekeeper the whole time. Elizabeth's like wanting to rub her genitals all over the she stuff. She's looking to. at all these busts and there she's like, so damn, thick, thick. look at that ass. I know. The, I, I'm like, glad you saw the cheeks too because we were like, damn. <laughs> How could I miss them? That statue's fucking packing. These thick. thick. But what's incredible is like, that's like basically porn yeah. for Elizabeth. She's never seen like male pieces. Wow, that's so true. She's like never <laughs> male seen parts. Thick. Yeah, exactly. And, like, yeah, and then dad. she sees like a bust of Mr. Darcy, and she's like, oh, oh my God, I'm so horny. Like, she, like, really, you know, is like, God damn. Yeah, he's hot. Because her aunt and uncle, they ask, they're like, well, he's attractive, don't you think? And she's, like, foaming at the mouth. Yeah, yes. yeah, they're like, wow, he's actually, like, really handsome, because they've never seen him before. They're like, wow, that's, he's a good-looking guy. And the housekeeper's like, don't you think so, ma'am? And she's like, yeah, he's actually pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. And they're like, we thought so. <laughs> and um, so she gets, they leave her behind. She's like so distracted by staring at Darcy's face that um, she loses them. And so she's like kind of wandering through the house. And she's like, I'm fucking lost. Shit. And she, she follows the sound of piano music. Really well played piano music. And she's peeping in on his little sister playing piano. And then she sees that Darcy's fucking there. He's home. And she gets caught looking. And so she, like, runs out of the fucking house. She's like, pew. Like, she's out. And Darcy's like, oh, hey. And she's like, hi. She's like, I, um, they fucking, I didn't know you were going to be here. 
I'm really sorry. This is so fucking awkward. And he's like, it's all good. She's like, yeah, well, I'm going to go. And he's like, well, I could walk you. I could, I could take you back. And he, she's like, no, I like to walk. And he's like, I know you like to walk. And she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this is where she's like, we're realizing that Lizzie's now developed feelings for Mr. Darcy, and he clearly yeah, also, still has feelings for her. She walks back to the hotel, through the countryside, alone, towards the evening. She's brave. I wouldn't do that. I mean, like, yeah. I don't think that, like, times have changed that much, where, like, I don't know, like, if I did that now, I would be afraid of being like assaulted right yeah so i wonder if that was like a common fear back then because like i feel like back then it was even more um like people would like blame women even even more and be like well men they just have these desires and they see a woman alone walking and cannot control themselves so like not much has changed in that regard Mm -hmm. but like that is I just an, noticed that, is that in the movie. An interesting point. So in the movie, that is how it, it goes. In the book, she gets back in the carriage with her uncle and aunt, and they mm-hmm. ride the carriage back to the thing. So I think it was more of a romantic mm. movie shot to have Kira Knightley walking through the I mist see. for miles and miles. Um, but mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. And I think when it's like your neighborhood and it's like your town it's less scary for them to be like walking but she's not but it's she's not in her neighborhood i know sorry i'm thinking of when uh, in the beginning when jane goes um is sent is invited to uh what netherfield and then oh yeah she, and she walks there well she rides by horse um and she gets oh sorry jane yeah, yeah jane jane, yeah. jane gets sick and then lizzie has to go there but lizzie has to walk and it's probably like fucking seven miles or some shit Mm-hmm. But she walks, it's the morning that she walks, and then she's there by, you know, like, afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. Or however fucking long it takes to walk seven, ten miles. But I know what you mean. <laughs> if it were a foreign area, and it was nighttime, and it was the 1800s, and I was a woman, I probably wouldn't be walking at night <laughs> alone. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay, continue Agreed. with the summary, So, uh, they're, they're taken aback. Um, aunt and uncle are like, wow, Mr. Darcy, what a kind gentleman. Wow. They uh, are invited to dine with him. They're really just, like, schmoozed by Mr. Darcy. They, they dig him. Uh, Elizabeth rolls back home. She's like, wow, Mr. Darcy. Mm. Uh, Mr. Darcy and Mr. Bingley return to town. And Jane is like, I'm over him. Okay, I don't. I'm not interested anymore. I'm not worried about it. My feeling, my my heart is no longer at risk with this man. Mr. Bingley shows up to their fucking house, and she's like, "Wow, okay." And he's like, "Hey guys, bye." And he leaves again immediately. He's <laughs> so nervous. He's so awkward. It's so cute. And she's like, "Well, at least we know now. My my suspicions are confirmed. He really didn't love me, and I'm not worried about it anymore. Great." He comes back, and he's like, listen, bitch, I need to speak with you alone. (laughs) And he proposes to her, and he's like, I've been a fucking asshole. Will you marry me, boo? She's like, absolutely, yes. Fuck, I thought I was going to die alone. Shit. (laughs) So they get their happy ending. And Elizabeth is like, man, 
what a fucking bummer. Um, oh, and just before that, they get a letter that Lydia has run away with Mr. Wickham. Bum, bum, bum. Which Mr. Wickham has a history of running away with 15-year-olds. Gross! So, yucky, yucky, yucky. I think Lydia was 16, but still. Ick. Ick, icky, icky. And they're not married. They've just run away together. Lydia (laughs) thinks that it's because she's hot shit and Mr. Wickham loves her. But we all know that Mr. Wickham just likes youngins and also money and he knows that he is going to get some money from someone somewhere because Lydia is an idiot it is going willingly and the problem with this is not only is can Lydia get hurt um by just like you know being with an older man just like you know in modern times but also if she runs away with someone she dishonors her family so if she loses her virginity to this man um, then it looks poorly upon her whole family and her four other sisters will be disgraced and ruin their chances of getting married as well. So her running away will doom their entire family. Her being manipulated God. by this boy will it's fuck just, over everyone. So extra. Like, people used to be and still are so fucking extra like who gives a shit i mean like obviously if your 15 year old runs away with an older man that is terrifying and needs to be addressed but like it's just so crazy that that act would damn the whole family and like none of the sisters will be able to marry it's just so crazy yeah yeah that that was like the standard yeah it's pretty wild pretty whack yeah for sure uh, so this is a big no-no. This is not good. And they're not very, um, I mean, in comparison, compared to like Darcy and Bingley and Lady Catherine, they're not wealthy. Um, like they don't have pounds and pounds to share to like give this dude a living, uh, which is really what he wants. He wants like a salary. And so they find out that their uncle has um, paid off Wickham. Wickham. Mr. Wickham. Mr. Wickham. Their uncle has bribed Mr. Wickham. And so uh, he has, he's going to accept £100 a year from their father um, in order to marry Lydia and um, preserve their family name in her honor. So they're like, wow, that's nuts. That's crazy makings. We later find out that it was actually Mr. Darcy who paid him off. And Darcy didn't want anyone to know about it. Darcy's trying to make amends. Uh, And Elizabeth is like, fuck, if I had just told everyone how bad Wickham was, then like it wouldn't have been a big deal, but I didn't. And so she feels a little guilty for that. Darcy also Mm. feels guilty because Darcy didn't come out and expose Wickham. But Darcy, I think, was trying to be classy and keep things under wraps. But um, withholding things hurts everyone, folks. Things like that. (laughs) That like someone's a child predator. (laughs) You know? Like Yeah, yikes. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Jane is engaged. Lydia is married. That's great. Um And it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's gonna go well for her. Because there's a shot when they're like in the carriage riding away and Lydia is waving to her family and she's saying like bye bye mama, bye bye papa. Then Mr. Wickham gets, like, pissed and, like, grabs her arm and forcefully turns her around and is like, don't to, you fucking... To sit down. Don't. Yeah, he, like, swings yeah. her around and, like, plops her in her seat. 
And, and that was, like, yeah. in front of her family. Yeah. So, God knows, like, what would be going on behind closed doors. Yeah. Just fucking yikes. So Lydia's been, because she's a teenager, has been bragging about how busy she will be as a wife and that, you know, she has been, she's been wifed up before any of her other siblings. She is high on life right now. She is like, sorry, bitches. Uh, I won't have any time to write to you, but like, you'll be bored because you're not married. So she's like really rubbing it in. She's super excited. But again, she's a child. And, um, but we're we're seeing the early signs of um, a really shitty marriage for both it's people. A horrible, yeah, domestic abusive relationship. Yes. Like, oh god. Yeah. So Gross. that's really cool to watch. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, Jane is engaged now, and she's like, "Man, Lizzie, I'm so fucking happy." Excuse you. I'm so happy. <laughs> Sorry. Are you dying? Uh, okay. I just, I, I, I took a swig and it went down the road. Did you get in your I, bubble hole? And my, my blowhole is clogged. <laughs> You're right there, champ? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, I'm fine. I, I washed out the, like, tickle in my throat that was caused by beer uh, with, like, another sip of beer. Excellent. So we're good. Yeah. So it's like when you sorry, <laughs> it's like when you follow a shot, like with a chug of beer. Do you ever do that? No, ma'am. No, I don't do that. <laughs> no, me, me neither, because I don't. I rarely ever drink, um, and when I do, it's only a few sips, and then I, you know, I have to I have a snack because <laughs> I get all lightheaded and ooh, so. I'm such a lightweight. So yes, sorry. Continue. <laughs> If people looked at us next to each other and we were like, which one's the lightweight? <laughs> like, if they had a bet on who was the lightweight between us, I think they, I think we could make a lot of money, Paris. <laughs> I think we could make a lot of money. I think we could hustle some folks um, just based off of I our just appearances. Like, take a bunch of shots in front of them and they, like, pay us money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that sounds really good. I don't do know if I would want to enter into a drinking contest, though. No, not a drinking contest, but just ugh. like, oh my god, you guys, can you guess which one of us is the lightweight? Guess <laughs> pretty guess obvious. Guess whose it is. Guess whose it is. It's either it's her or me. Guess. Yeah, she's five ten and a half, and I'm five <laughs> four. Which one of us do you think can last longer? And they're like, who you obvious or you obviously Fallon because you're so fucking big. You're just a fucking giant of oh. a human. And I'll be like, yeah. yeah. Do you want to put money on it? And they're like, yeah. And then I'll be like, psych. And then you. And then we. How would we? Money. How would we prove it? Do we both just yeah. drink a lot yeah. and then you get really drunk? Yeah. That's, when I that's... vomit on my third shot. And I'm past the fuck out. Then <laughs> they deposit. Sally, you guys you... have PayPal? You got PayPal? Wait, three shots of what? I don't of know. What kind of liquor? Anything. Anything. Not three. Oh, man. But I mean, Paris. Like I, shit hits different for me. It hits hard <laughs> and fast. Hard and fast. Oh man. Yeah, I mean. If I don't eat, then yeah. But like, if I've had dinner, I can I can 
go. Nodding. I can drink. I can't. I can't <laughs> do it. Um, I, yeah, no. I have recordings of the first time that I threw up from drinking too much, and um, <laughs> I'll never forget. You recorded yourself? Yeah, I had Casper. I, I told him. I was sentient enough to Why? tell him to film me, because I wanted to know what was going to happen, because I couldn't remember on my own. I knew I wouldn't be able to remember <laughs> on my own, and I kept taking shots, and um, <laughs> he, he took the shot glass away from me, and then I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then I went, and I grabbed the shot glass, and I put it in my pocket, and then... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like, no more drinks. And so I put the shot glass in my pocket and I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then I went and I took one more shot. And then I came back and I sat down and I was like, oh, fuck me, dude. I am going down. And next thing I knew, I was on the floor. I was like writhing around. I was like, fuck, no. And then oh I God. was like in the bathroom and I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, the room was spinning and I was just like, oh. and I was so hot and he brought me a bowl and I was like leaning my head against the bowl and I was like, oh my God. And then I went into my room and I was like leaning over the bowl. I had taken my shirt off. That's why no one can see the videos. Cause I just, my tits are out, just like torpedoes <laughs> out, out in the open, cool October air. And I was just like, and then I vomited into the bowl. Um, And then I like laid down and the room was spinning and then I passed out. Don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. We've all been there. It's just like, I needed, I wanted that experience, (laughs) but I know. You wanted it? I did. I wanted to have that experience. I've, I've thrown up a few times from alcohol. um, And in a few different locations. And I think the most notorious... Like in one sitting? Multiple locations in oh, one no, sitting? Oh, no. These are like different different evenings I see, I see. of going out um, and partying. Mostly like in Brady's uh, like freshman year of college when he was still in the dorms. Mm-hmm. We were... We, <laughs> we made bad choices. But um, I once threw up uh, naked from the waist up on a roof. <laughs> Damn, Paris. Where'd your class go, baby? Well, I, we were in Brady's dorm room, and I was getting ready for bed. I was, like, trying to put my pajamas on, and I, like, took off my top, and then was like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up right now. So I, like, went over to Brady's window and opened his window, and, like, he had this, like, flat roof underneath his window that was, like, the top of another building. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, leaned over and, like, vomited out the window onto the roof of the other building. dude. Which happened to be the dining hall. So I'm sorry (laughs) that somehow got washed down at some point. Fuck. And also, like, if anyone saw me, like, titties out, throwing up out the window onto the roof, like, I mean, you're welcome. (laughs) But also, I'm sorry. Damn. Damn, dude. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. I did that in the privacy of my own home. But I also have video um, documentation of it. So, (laughs) wow. That's a lot, man. I don't, yeah, I know. Where were we? (laughs) Jane is engaged. Jane is engaged. Lydia is married. In the middle of the night, there is a knock on the door. The whole family's up. What the fuck is going on? Oh, shit. 
It's Lady Catherine. Lady Catherine is like, your house is ugly and you have a small garden. And they're like, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> She's like, I need to speak to you, Elizabeth, wretched girl. Hello. She's like, all right, what's up? She's like, are you engaged to my nephew, Mr. Darcy? And she's like, where'd you hear that? She's like, don't fucking play with me, little girl. Are you engaged or not? Nah? And she's like, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'll, I, I don't have to tell you shit. And she's like, I'll fucking kill you. She doesn't say that, but like it's implied. She's it's, like, yeah, it's, Mr. It's Darcy is engaged to my daughter. And she's like, um, bitch, if that were true, why would you, why are you in my house? And she's like. Again, his cousin. Yes. Yes. His cousin. cousin. Yeah. 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 It was Normie. It was Normie then. Uh, She's like, if that was true, bitch, then why, why are you here? Why are you, why are you asking me about it? I don't know. Shit. And she's like, are you engaged or not? She's like, I've never, uh, no, I'm not. And she's like, do you promise to never get engaged? To him because your family sucks your sister is a fucking disgrace and your mom's stupid and you're ugly and uh <laughs> untalented and she's like um no i'll never promise you that ever get out of my house and lady catherine's like i've never been so disrespected in my life and elizabeth's like i've never been so disrespected in my life bye bitch <laughs> so lady catherine leaves and they're like wow what was that about and lizzie's like nothing no, she's not like nothing. She yells at her whole family and she's like, why didn't you just leave me alone? I'm going to my room. And then she like stomps up the stairs. Yes, yes that is what happens in the 2005 movie adaptation of Pred and Prejudice <laughs> featuring Keira Knightley. She like slams her door and then starts playing Paramore really loud. <laughs> wow, now I'm hungry. Yeah, that, that's the one. You are the only exception. Oh my God, when that song came out, wow. Eighth grade <laughs> Fallon was on one. She wow. felt it in her you know, system. That song was so popular. Everyone sang that at the talent show. It was just so. I've got a tight no. grip on reality and I can't. I've got a tight grip on reality, but I can't. Let and she's go like screaming. What's in front of me here? <laughs> for hating on Paramore because I truly don't hate on Paramore. I love Paramore. I loved Paramore. Paramore neutral. (laughs) In middle school, I watched all the music videos. Big Paramore fan. Still like it. I still sometimes crank Misery Business in my car. Man, Misery Business hit different, dude. (laughs) The top volume. So horror, nothing more. Sorry, that'll never change. (laughs) And then just like screaming at the top of your lungs. Whoa! I never meant to brag. Like it's amazing. It's it's such a cleansing experience every time. Ten out of ten. Good. Would recommend. But that's what Elizabeth is doing in her bedroom. It's implied. At this point in the story, yeah. Austin is a nuanced read. Okay. Paramore of the 1800s. 
fuck. And she can't play piano very well, so she's just like mm-hmm. jamming on the keys. She's just <laughs> harping away. Oh my god. Like, that's so funny. she's fucking, she's on one, all right. She hates sleeps, okay? She, is, she dreams of Darcy. She wakes up, she goes, and she walks out into the field of her property. She's like, I just need a good walk. And who is walking to her house with the first, the top five buttons of his shirt unbuttoned? And a big old flowing coat. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> like a giant pirate coat. God damn. That was like one of the points in the movie where Brady was like, God, I want that fit. I know. Like Brady <laughs> really wanted to dress like the... Um, Oh, God, what's the name of the ginger guy who's rich and proposes to Jane? Bingley. Yeah, Bingley. Brady really liked his outfit. His outfit, he, Bingley's fly as fuck. Yeah, everyone looks <laughs> delightful. They look mm-hmm. so stylish. Yeah, so, yeah, even Casper was like, man, I just need that shirt. I just need to have the button down. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, that shirt was good. It's good. So he's looking fine, and it's dawn. It's like the sun is rising. It's misty. It's misty out. And he's like, listen, bitch. I, fuck, man. Uh, if you still feel the same way, I'm, I won't say shit. But however, if your feelings have changed, I must tell you how in the, in the, either in the book or in the BBC series, he's like, I must tell you how ardently I admire and love you. But in this movie, he says, you have bewitched me body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. And I never wish to be parted from you from this day forward. And she's wow, like... Wow, that's like... Did you write that down? No, I did <laughs> that's not. That's from... That's directly, straight out of my noggin. Wow. Because it's so beautiful, dude. Are you it kidding me? How is it... I mean, how could you ever forget that? Oh, wow. Oh, it's so good. And she's like... Hmm. All right. <laughs> She's like, let me kiss your little knuckle. Yep. Wow. Yep. And then they, <laughs> they caress. They caress and they snuggle. Um, and then that's that. Kids, they're fucking married. They're, she's Miss Darcy. In the BBC series, she and Jane have like a joint wedding with their spouses and they go to like the same chapel and they get married at the same moment and then they go off in separate carriages and like have, or they get in this, maybe even the same carriage and they all like travel away um, and they live fucking happily ever after. Three sisters of the five are married off. The Bennett estate is secured. The bag is secured. Mama and Papa and the two other sisters are good for life. Like, they can take care of everyone, including Lydia, when her marriage inevitably fails. So, like, mm. things are looking really good for the Bennett sisters. and They can hire a hitman for Mr. Hit- Wickham. They can kill off Wickham. Exactly. And uh, Jane and Elizabeth have both been married to their intellectual and aesthetic equals, which is really all that Jane Austen wanted. She was like, listen, this is where I'm at right now. This is society. The best I can hope for is to marry someone that I love deeply and can hold a fucking conversation with and that I respect um, and that respects me is really what I want. And that's what Darcy does. That, in essence, is uh, 
the appeal of Pride and Prejudice is that this mm-hmm. man who she thought was a fucking asshole and in reality probably would have been an asshole like odds are he was he would have just been like an arrogant son of a bitch um but he took the things that he he took her criticism and he took it into consideration and he made he took action he righted his wrongs and then he was like listen i really respect you and i like you are you sure you don't want to be married to me? Also, I'm really fucking stupid rich and I'm hot. <laughs> so what do you think? Also, my best friend is marrying your sister. I really, it, there's, there are no loose ends here in this story, ma'am. <laughs> you just need to say yes. And she was like, I'm no idiot. And he's like, I know. And then it was roll credits. <sighs> Man, is that in the BBC version? Because <laughs> that... <laughs> Wait, am I lost? Because I don't feel like that happened in my version with Kira Knightley because he's like, at the very end, they're talking about what he should call her. <laughs> when did I lose? When did I lose the train? <laughs> that is, a, it's implicit, Paris. That's, a, that's my, that's my takeaway. Oh, okay. That's my takeaway. I'm sorry. I thought that you were like quoting again. No, but I'm sorry. No, I, I said am, it with such I conviction. Am... It did sound like I was speaking literally. <laughs> no, I mean that that is my like, synopsis that's my uh, that's my theme i'm so sorry for losing losing your train of thought there i i agree though with everything that you said and i thought that that was really well worded i was just confused uh, in the ending i'm, I'm sorry yes, no that the ending is fault. them i w- sorry I, I don't think anyone really cares about the ending because it's just like them <laughs> sitting and they're in front of their massive fucking castle overlooking their yeah. like man-made lake that has fountains I was like, how to how to do 18th century fountains, question mark? I don't know how. <laughs> I, I'm not um, an architect, nor am I a scientist. I, I cannot. Well, I think they had fountains back I know, then, I just don't, I don't know, know how, how they the did. I don't know how they worked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're just like sitting in front of their mansion, and uh, he's like, what do I call you? And she's like, or, or yeah, because he was like, Mrs. Bennett. Miss Bennett, or like Mrs. Love, or something, or yeah, whatever. And she was like, "Oh, don't fucking call me that. That's what my dad calls my mom when he's mad at her." And he's like, "Well, what do I call you?" And she's like, lists off all these things. Then in the end, she's like, "You can call me Mrs. Darcy when you are perfectly and incandescently happy." And he's like, "Okay, Mrs. Darcy." <laughs> and then he gives her a bunch of smooches. And then finally, in the last moment. They kiss on the lips, which they have not done for the whole movie. And then you roll credits. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Fuck. I'm so sorry. I'm like, you watched the so movie, sorry. Paris. Like, you know how it ends. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Man. So, okay, so. Yeah, Paris, it sounded like you didn't like Pride and Prejudice as much as I like Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Uh, I... And I'm really curious as to hear why. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought that it was entertaining. I see the appeal. And I really like what you had to say about, like, Jane Austen writing a novel about a woman finding, like, someone who respects her and who is able to hold a conversation with her and isn't abusive. And, like, that was the best that women could hope for at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think that that's a beautiful way to put it because it is, you know, this romantic story. 
trouble with it because it just it's it's you know it's an old old story and it's difficult for me to like fall in love when I know all the limitations that women had and like she can't vote <laughs> yeah unless her, you know Mr. Darcy he's he's voting for both of them like hope that they have you know similar political views and like she was poor to begin with so it's not like she loses her property but it just um there are, it's i i'm not a big fan of like historical romance i've discovered i thought that i would really like outlander when i read it mm. and i really did like the first like half of the book and then things start to get really uncomfortable with like Jamie if you've read Outlander Jamie is like telling Claire um like I own you and like you don't get to speak back to me and is that when then he, he likes her Yeah but like with a belt it's just like it's I mean at least in the show it's with a belt I yeah. can't remember if in the book He like it's, but it's soft like, beats her <laughs> Yeah, and then and then like later, I mean this is obviously a different story, but the later in the in the book he like basically like sexually assaults her because she's like I don't want to have sex right now and he says you're my wife, like you have sex when I want to have sex. And then the writer like tries to make it into this like romantic like dominating thing, but it's really at its core not because she initially said no. And, like, no doesn't mean keep asking. No doesn't mean try to make it sexy. You know, like, so things like that really seem to bother me with historical romance. Like, I don't, I don't like, um, I don't like the glorification of, like, women's, like, violence against women or, like, uh, the fact that women, like, didn't really have rights. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. That's it does, kind of yeah. where it loses its, you the know, context weight for of me. the story of it being a historical romance kind of clouds um, or I not even clouds overrides um, the like message of the story because mm -hmm. it, the um, reality is unforgiving in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that and yeah. I I respect that. I think because uh, I don't live in that time. And because I know that it was written by a woman, um, like, I think it's... And I just... I, I am just overall fond of it. I think it comes down to, like, that feeling of, like, you know, the X factor. Like, if something yeah. makes you feel something, then, like, you, you can't help that. And I felt that with Pride and Prejudice, and you feel that with um, A Discovery of Witches... I don't, and you don't feel that with Pride and Prejudice. So, like, I think there's, like, <laughs> like that inherent thing of, like, whether or not something sparks spark a joy for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, that contributes to me not really, like, caring almost about, like, yeah. the context because, like, back in that time, like, that did happen. Um, obviously, like, that this is not really based on a true story, but I mean, like, 
that was the reality and that was the best you could hope for. Like it is a mm-hmm. story of best case scenario in the same mm-hmm. way that A Court of Thorns and Roses is a story of best case scenario for Feyre. Yeah. Um, and so like I I take it like that and I just like I, I outside of the context, in any context, I love a dude that like will grow from mistakes and like does not have like a fragile ego and mm-hmm. like I I grew up loving Mr. Darcy and the idea of Mr. Darcy and that coupled with like good acting and um yeah. the fucking music in that movie just like yeah. gets me so hard so <laughs> hard so I think I did think the acting was really great. Yeah. I agree. I liked I liked the acting. Yeah. Um I I have I have another like quest I have a question. Yeah. I don't really maybe it was just cuz I haven't read the book um and I didn't really understand from the film, but like <laughs> is it, is does Mr. Darcy like Elizabeth simply because she's like well, you should have danced with me even if I am ugly. And like walks away, and she like kind of quips at him. Does that is that like piquing his interest? Is that why he starts to like Elizabeth? Because other than that, they don't really talk much. Yeah. Unless it's to say like, "Hey, you suck." No, you suck. Like they don't really like. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I don't really understand their their love affair. So I think with this movie specifically, the sense of time and the amount of like the frequency and quality of their interactions are diminished for the sake of squeezing it into like you know two and a half hours or whatever two hours of movie Mm -hmm. whereas like the book is longer and goes into more depth and in the bbc series um is also is really like the book transcribed into film much it's much more accurate to the book so i totally agree with you that like their sense of connection doesn't feel as um like it doesn't make as much sense in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it feels confusing. Like I, I agree with However, you that it doesn't like always. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I do think though that scene where she's leaving the house and he like helps her get into the carriage mm-hmm. and then she looks down at their hands touching and he kind of like freezes and then turns away and, and as he's walking away he like flexes his God hand. Damn. Because he can, like, still, you know, like, feel feels her where touch. her fingertips yeah. were touching his, and it's driving him crazy. That, I was like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> I really liked that. That is one of my, one of my, yeah, that, oh, damn, wow, so good. And I think that, I don't think that was in the book. I think that was, a like, a, a movie, a director's choice. yeah, subtlety. So, that's a treat. Yeah. In the um, BBC series, Colin Firth is uh darcy plays darcy and there's a scene where she is when she goes to pemberley to see his estate with her and uncle he has returned and he is swimming in his pond he's like taking a dive and then he walks up to his his estate and he is like dripping wet it's and you can see his chest through his white shirt (laughs) and she's like mr darcy oh my oops and he's like "Ah, hey and so there are like other little like things 
like that. And so I think in the beginning, yeah, Darcy's like, I don't fucking like it here. These people are whack. They're obnoxious. I'm incredibly socially awkward, awkward and anxious. And um, Elizabeth, I think, is the only one who's like frank with him. Um, mm-hmm. And like... She doesn't do like the, I mean, she is polite, but she doesn't follow all the like little subtleties and like the way that they talk with him. Like when they're dancing and she's just like, oh, do you want to have small talk? Like, this is what you're supposed to say. Yeah. She's basically like teasing him like, hey, dude, you suck at conversation. Like, yeah. talk to me and actually talk to me. Don't like have these tiny conversations with me that mean nothing. But I love in that scene, like when they're dancing, and then all of a sudden they're the only two in the ballroom. Casper pointed and out that together. pointed that out to me. I'd never noticed that before. <gasps> what? I know. I think oh I think I just wasn't like paying attention very much. But that was that was a new experience for me. Yeah, it was it was amazing because it's just like they're in their own little world together. In that like fifteen seconds that they dance, it's just it was really cool. I liked that choice. Yeah. I think I think they had chemistry. I think that they again like were intellectually equal, and I think that she was not superficial in the against. Um, so like Mr. Bingley's sister Caroline, she mm-hmm. is like pretty superficial. She's also just like kind of mean spirited, and so yeah. against. She's smart too, but Elizabeth lacked that um, sort of like venom, I think, that Charlotte had or that superiority because she was poor, but also against the backdrop of her mother and her younger sisters, she wasn't um, sort of like silly or rambunctious either. Yeah. And so she, I think, against the backdrop of those two extremes, she seems really appealing. And Jane is taken mm-hmm. by Bingley. Jane is also more soft. And I think, like, Elizabeth is more fiery, whereas Darcy is more soft. And so yeah. I think their chemistry and, like, the quality of conversation and, like, frankness that they had with each other, I think is what, in my mind, justifies, like, their affections for one another. And, like, yeah. both of them being like, oh, we both fucked up. Oh, and, and they're also, they both have their families in mind. Like they're both, um, very loyal companions, I think, to their friends and family as well. Oh yeah. Um, which I I think is a really important, um, common characteristic to have. Yeah. I like Darcy's relationship with his sister. We only get to see a little bit of it, but he seems like he really loves her and like has her best interest at heart. And, like, cares a lot about his family, yeah. which I love. Yeah, I agree. I like that, too. Mm-hmm. We love a good fucking good older brother. Yeah. Man. So what would you rate this movie, then, out oh, of five stars? Oh, this movie out of five stars? Oh, man. Yes. I give it a fucking 4.7 points that are missing are just um, the pace of the movie if you're not if you don't know where you're (laughs) looking you'll miss I think it's easy to get left behind Mm -hmm. Um, it is long it's like it's over two hours yeah I, I mean it's long but like it it goes so quickly like the opening scene where they're like blah 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 
someone's nether field is oh, let yeah. at last. The girls, uh, you got to talk to them. I already did. They're going to a ball. We're going to a ball. Okay, we're at the ball now. Okay, they showed up here. Wow, this is my friend, Charlotte Lucas. We haven't introduced her, but you'll figure it out. She's my friend. It's yeah. implied. You know, yeah. like, it goes in that sense because, like, it is a book. So they are cramming in as much as they can because none of that really is optional in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all of the, they're cramming all of these, like, three, four different kind of storylines into one. And so I think... Um, I, I only take off point three points for that because like it's that that's like saying like oh it shouldn't have been made into a movie then you know it, which is like not true but I think you can get overwhelmed quickly if you're not like strapped in anyway yeah. Paris what would you rate it I would <clears throat> rate it wow um, I would rate it probably like three point five stars okay not bad. Um, yeah, I thought it was entertaining. It, I mean, it was long, but I, I felt like it was okay. Like I, I, like you said, I get like why it was two hours. They have to get all those good things from the book in there. Um, I love the costumes. Yeah. I think the costume design was great. And, um, Judy Dench, her outfits are yeah, fire. Fucking nuts. Yeah, so I really appreciate a good costume design. I liked some of the sets. I did not like the green screens. <laughs> some of those very, nature shots were a little rough. They're so obnoxious and very obvious that, like, Kira Knightley is probably not standing on a cliff contemplating love. <laughs> like, I just... Mm, that kind of drew me away I see um, from giving it a higher rating and also there were some shots in the movie that didn't make any sense like most of the movie is filmed just kind of like uh, shot for shot like that's not what I'm trying to say it's just like kind of plain like they they take an image and and then they switch to the next one there's not like a bunch of crazy zooms or like um, huh I said interesting yeah, so, well, except for, like, when Darcy, like, bursts into the room, and then they have, like, a quick zoom in like they do on The Office, which was, like, very jarring, because it's the only <laughs> shot like that. And then there's, um, there's, like, another one, yeah, when, when, uh... Darcy's hugging his little sister and then they see Elizabeth like peering through the keyhole and then the camera like zooms in really fast and she like runs away. So there's like a couple shots like that that are just, they don't feel like they belonged. They felt kind of jarring and, and, and took me out of the moment because I was like laughing at how hilariously like fast the camera zoomed in on his face. <laughs> That's so funny. I felt, I, because when I was watching, I was like, wow, I never noticed the lengths that they went to get, like, dynamic camera shots. (laughs) (laughs) And I liked it a lot. Um, (laughs) This is why art is subjective. (laughs) But I I know what you mean. I'm I'm envisioning that specific shot of, like, on, like, Darcy's face. Um, mm-hmm. After she gets caught peeping, and that's that is pretty funny. I think I take since I love that movie already, I take it pretty seriously. It never crossed my mind to like laugh at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Casper like wouldn't shut up during the whole movie, and so I was like, "Well, you're just fucking 
take it seriously. This is a very serious movie. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad we didn't watch it together because I don't think you would have liked my criticism. Probably like not. Another, another point that I just like burst out laughing is when the imp uh, little weird... Uh, <laughs> Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins asks her to marry him. And she's like, no! And then she just fucking runs away. There's like a minute shot of her just running away from the house. Like, it's so funny. I was dying! Her just grabbing her skirt and just running as far away as she can. <laughs> yes, that part made me laugh. That part so made just me like, laugh, too. I think there are great choices that the director made in this film, and I think there are choices that just didn't need to be made. <sighs> I mean, it was 2005, so... <laughs> The time so, yeah. of, of Gwen Stefani's Love Angel Music Baby and uh, <laughs> Avril Lavigne's uh, album came out a year before that. And so we had some interesting, I think Fresh Prince was really popular. Um, yeah, mm. I mean, we had, it was I a whole cultural movement, I think. Um, so I'm going to blame it on that. But I do know All you right. mean. Or <laughs> 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 just silently running away. Yeah. <laughs> She, like, gets a, a long way away from the house before they switch to a new I, shot. I think, I, I have to assume the um, justification for that is that she thinks her mom is going to try and catch up to her and lecture her. Um, mm -hmm. Or that maybe her even parents, Mr. Collins will chase after her. I don't know. Like, wherever she ends up, her parents have to fucking walk out there. That is true. And, like, go tell her. Her mom's like, you marry him. And the dad says such a great lie. And he's like, well, you're, you're about to lose one of your parents if you don't marry him. But you will lose another if you do. Yes. So, and that is, like, so nice that her father is, like, supportive and on her side. But also, like, very unrealistic for the time. Yes. Sorry. But, like, that probably, I'm sure, I'm sure that that did happen with someone's father, but I feel like more often than not, the f men didn't really care, you know, like if a woman wanted to marry someone or not. If it benefited the family and if it was like, uh, helped them like raise their social standing, I feel like women were kind of expendable in that yeah. regard. I think, um, yeah, I, I think my thought is the same. But I also wonder, editing Fallon again, for the next few minutes, Paris and I discuss the bleak reality for the women of the 17, 18, 19, 20th, 21st century. But it's important to point out that we're talking about white women. <laughs> the reality of white women, even though it lacked feminism for the most part, is vastly different from the reality of women of color, black women, uh, people of color in general, queer folks, etc. during these times as well. So this is just strictly from a white woman's lens, but it's still important to talk about these things because in all fantasy is reality. Carry on. It's, it is known that like the relationships of the past, like the best ones of the past were not as good as the best ones of the present, but like there still had to have been like good people out there who like like and men 
who, like, if they could, would not marry their daughters off to other men that repulsed them. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I guess it would make me, I don't know. I just I, don't want to think that. I agree with you, but I also disagree with you because I think that, yes, while you are correct, like, there had to have been real love like where people fell in love with each other and they did have respect for one another and things worked out for them because this is you know like what Jane Austen's writing about she's like this is the best I can hope for so like it exists it's out there and I want it this is what I want to have right but there's also like women who the best they can do is marry someone that can like provide them with like a decent home shout out to Charlotte Lucas (laughs) yeah that's what I'm like so she knows like the guy that she's with right while he's not very handsome and he can't hold a conversation at least like he doesn't beat the shit out of her and he doesn't you know he has this this home that she gets to live in and a room of her own and like she I think women are and were very resilient and are able to like make the best of things so i'm sure marriages worked out that were like that but do i think they were all filled with like the kind of love that we get to aim for today no because we have all of these allowances that shouldn't really be allowances they should be given rights now that we didn't have back then and so it allows us to ask and to want for more beyond just not being abused or raped i want to be loved i want to feel special i want to you know have a soulmate partner so i don't know if i agree that like most of everyone was good i think that like no, I don't think People I don't think most by. of everyone is good because I honestly don't know if most of everyone is good today. Yeah, um, like if you think I about don't, like I don't think people are I like if, I mean, if you think about the most average person, right? Like the most mm-hmm. average potential human being. Fifty percent of people are like dumber than that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and then, like, you know what I mean? And there's still, like, a bunch of average people in the middle there still. Um, so I, I agree with you, and I, yeah, I, I imagine that most fathers would not do that. But I think, I, I don't think the number was zero. And I guess the yeah, whole point of this novel and really this podcast is is holding out and like celebrating that fantastical aspect i think yeah you know so i um i know what you mean i i understand and i'm not by any means saying that like back then was as good as things are today for women folk or even men like i yeah humanity has progressed not enough, but it has progressed. No, <laughs> we still have a long way to go. Yes. But I I, I think that you're... Sorry, can you hear Brady's computer turning I can, on and yes. <laughs> um, I think that your outlook on it is a good way to look at things. I think it's very positive. And I, I think about things like that too. Like there has to be some magic in the world, right? Because there's so much anti-magic. Like we have to have something good. I think good. that's called so evil. Like, the, <laughs> there is so much evil and just gross shit in this life 
and we just have to hope for magic. It's out there. I need to believe that it's real. So I, I agree. I like the, I like the idea of the story of like hoping for the best possible outcome. Um, and fighting for it too. Like and fighting Elizabeth for it, yeah. was not just like, dad, please tell Mr. Collins that I'm not going to marry him or like, Oh, I really hope like, I think some of the protagonists that we read about, like they, they don't always stand up for themselves by themselves. Like yeah. Elizabeth was like Darcy, like, like she knew what the fuck was going on in her family. She knew that she needed to get married and she was like, bro, I will fucking not. Like, I just can't. I can't yeah. do it. I would rather die an old maid and be a fucking servant in someone's house than do this shit that everyone else is doing. Um, yeah. And so, like, it is fortunate that she, like, got the thing that she wanted because that was not what everyone got, um, not what most people got. Well, it is, I mean, a story of the time, that, uh, like, that it was written, right? You have to think also, like, historical context. Jane Austen would not have been allowed to publish a book that didn't end with a happy ending in marriage. Like, women, like, novels that women wrote had to end um, with marriage. Like, uh, the author of Little Women, Louise May Alcott, um, she experienced something similar to this, uh, that... They touch on in the new Little Women movie that just came out mm-hmm. this like last year. Yeah, um, she had to marry off the main character in her book for in order to get it published, which isn't originally how she wanted the story to end. Mm. But like, they had to do that. So it's, I I think it's a beautiful story. I think I have a hard time looking at stories like this and not. Um, also taking into account like the woman who wrote it and the time it was written in and like what the like social climate was at that time as well yeah no i i understand that but i think i still think it's good yeah yeah (laughs) i i think normally i am a realist but i think life right now feels incredibly daunting already yeah. That uh, I need the romanticization of um, these stories mm-hmm. right now. So yeah, yeah, that's Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> that's that's the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. And next week, Pride and Prejudice Zombies. <laughs> Fuck. God, no. Just kidding. I do not no want to watch that movie again. No. You... Again? You've seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. Who am I kidding? Of course you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I am surprised. I watched it in, in college. Oh, you you did say that. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah. Next well. week, uh, A Discovery of Witches. Yes. Yes. And then you get to tell me about why you don't like my pick. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Probably for similar reasons that you don't like mine, honestly. Oh, well, I mean, I like I said before, I, I see that there are flaws <laughs> yes. in A Discovery of Witches, but I just, I don't know what it is, but I just like vampires. Ugh. And that's Big. okay. <laughs> we like what we like here. We don't kink shame on this show. God, they're just so hot. <laughs> Always. Just love it. <laughs> but not hot. They're cold. 
<laughs> yeah. No. Nah. I know. God. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, folks, for tuning in. Paris, thank you for watching Pride and Prejudice for me. I yes. really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, that that's two hours that you'll never get back. And that means a <laughs> lot to me. <laughs> I am two hours closer to death now having watched Pride and Prejudice. And you, dear listener, are two hours closer to death listening to this <laughs> fucking podcast. So thank you. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thank please, you so much. Yeah. Please follow us on Instagram, Fantasy Time Podcast, uh, or send us an email at fantasytimepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or leave a review on whatever <gasps> podcast platform you're listening on Please. um preferably a good review yeah uh we'd love to see it <laughs> yeah we would love to see it um we would really appreciate that that would help us grow our show yeah. and then hopefully if you get monetized. have a review sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to cut you it's off all i'm good. sorry if you have a review though that is like man these girls suck keep it to yourself <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to hear it. If we only get like five <laughs> reviews and one of them is a one-star review, um, that does not look good on us. Like, Don't take like, the time. Don't. Just, just, just don't listen. Better yet, <laughs> message us directly. DM us what the beef is, and um, we'll take that into consideration. Thank you and very much. And then we'll fight you. Yeah. Or... We'll outdrink you. Or we will just type out the lyrics to Misery Business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk to you again next week. Yes, I look forward to it. All right, Fleen. Bye, Pete. Bye. We harmonized. Oh. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't did. hear it in my. <laughs> I want a piece of coffee cake, warmed, and I want it on a plate. Not in a bag. <laughs> <laughs>